I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and co-owner of PurePleasureShop.com. I'm April, VP of the cutting-edge sex toy company, Hot Octopus, and I dedicate my life to the business of sex. We are on a mission to teach you how to have hot sex, deep intimacy, and how to make your own rules for who you are as a sexual being. Welcome Welcome to to the Shameless Sex Revolution. Want to learn more? Go to shamelesssex.com. And for 50% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use code SHAMELESSSEX at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hi, everybody. We are recording live from April's new little casita. Oh, yeah. It's so cute. I love it. It's so warm and cozy and very April. Is it? It's very April. It's so warm. It's so you. And she's my neighbor now, but we won't tell you where we live. We live in Santa Cruz because, you know, stalker reasons. It's true. Now, if you forget something, you just have to drive down the street. I did forget something on my way here, and I just could go right back home. And it's you only did a it. a 1.5 minute drive away. So, And it's getting all cozy for the holiday vibes over here. Ho, 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 motherfuckers. I have the... Fire rolling on the TV for you? Yeah, it's a faux fire, but it really sets the mood. <laughs> Makes me want to drink some hot cocoa. Also, also known as hot toddies. Yeah. Or a hot... Have you ever had a hot teddy? Is that a sex position? Nope. Is that when someone poops on your it's chest? It's a hot toddy, but sub- to, sub- substitute tequila. Ooh. I've never had one of those. So It's pretty good. Honey, cinnamon... Honey... Lemon. No, there's no cinnamon. It's just... A cinnamon stick. Yeah, you can put cinnamon, but I use orange juice instead of lemon. Oh. A little twist for you. Oh, well, you have to make me one this, of those. We're not going to talk about sex today. We're just going to talk about alcohol. Yeah, let's talk about drinks. Drinks. We're All drinking. Drinking. Yes. Uh, so this episode, we're still going to talk about sex, is with Monica Jane, return guest. We love, love, loved her. She's received so much positive feedback for the episode that she guested on that was specifically talking more about how to ask for you want um, just in life in general, but in intimacy. And this one is diving deeper into sex uh, and intimacy. So stay tuned because she's a fabulous public speaker. This was so a fun episode. Yeah. yeah. I she's, really liked her. She's inspirational. I, if I needed a coach, I would hire her. So I would, and I even stay on the episode. I'm like, I think I want to send more people to you to work with you. But I think she might be waitlisted a little bit. Yeah. She's so awesome. Get on board. But she can. has a new program out. So you will learn more. And there's also a discount code to work with her. So she has a lot of wonderful things coming out. Uh, so before we do that, as usual, we have a sex question and I would like to also announce that, you know, it's the holidays, everyone. And we've been sharing a number of our lovely ideas for gift items. One, some shameless sex t-shirts, coffee mugs, pillows, onesies for your child. I don't know. Stickers. If you go. <laughs> onesies for your child. Yeah. Onesies for your child. And, and uh, all proceeds go to charity this month. I believe we're doing to the Brianna Taylor Foundation. So we don't make any money off of it. And you can give it as gifts or you can buy it for yourself and know it's going to a good cause. And you can rock shameless sex, promote shameless sex. Just go to our website, scroll down and you will find a link that has a banner or a banner, I guess, that has a link that goes to the t-shirt sales website and you can buy all kinds of things. They have hoodies, all kinds of things. They're good quality stuff. I particularly love the one that says go slower than slow and slower than that, which if you are a diehard shameless sex listener, you know that's one of our taglines. One of the many 
Yeah, I'm so Hashtag cool. shameless sex Hashtag. revolution. Oh my god, I joined. I'm part of the shameless sex revolution. Yes, you are, Chip. Yes, you are. Before we read this next question, we want to also talk about another uh, great gift item for yourself or for someone else, which is also known as omgs.com. You're asking, how can I give a website as a gift? Well, OMGS is a online database program, and there's multiple seasons all about well, thus far, vulva pleasure, although there will be other seasons for penis pleasure eventually. Uh, season one is all about external vulva pleasure. Season two is internal vulva pleasure. We even have a survey on our website where you can go and apply to be a part of season three, which is about sex toys. Um, so this is for vulva owners, but it's all about, I have a vulva and I want to learn to have more orgasms, better orgasms. Maybe it's hard to have an orgasm or I want to pleasure vulvas and I want to learn all the tools and tricks and techniques and it's little short videos that are very tasteful. We are learners more so by visual and auditory uh, as opposed to just reading a book. And so this program is revolutionary. It's helped a lot of my clients, a lot of our listeners. Go check it out. You go to omgs.com slash shameless. I just want to add 20,000 women the ages of 18 to 95 that they had science scientific studies the kinsey institute university you can just actually get real live videos yeah i mean they were previously filmed they were previously it's not live sex actual (laughs) humans not cartoons they even have modules where it's a vulva that you can practice on and it's like ouch a little softer a little to the left omgs.com slash shameless five dollars off go check it out bones meow not now meow are you ready for a sex question yes all right i only read it once so i can't say i'm gonna read it perfectly but that doesn't apply anyways because I always fuck up. And now I jinx myself. Okay. I am a 22-year-old college student and me and my girlfriend are in a very loving, very supportive relationship that has has one overarching anxiety. Every time we approach the question of relationship status, we get into an argument. She wants to be experimental because she is very lesbian-leaning bisexual, while I am very straight-leaning bisexual male. I want to be monogamous, but she does not, and it is making me feel like I am not enough for her. She told me that I am the only male she could ever see herself with, otherwise she would be with a woman. That's putting me under a lot of pressure, and I don't know what to do about it. But I also feel like I will never be secure in our relationship knowing she would rather be with a woman than a man. What do I do about this? How do I approach the conversation about monogamy with her in a way that we do not fight? Mm. I, I think I would suggest for this listener, I would get clear on what you want out of this relationship. Obviously, it sounds like monogamy. And when you approach the situation, Amy and I, we talk a lot about this throughout the show. I mean, throughout all of the shows, 200 some shows now. And it's when you want to get clear about what you want, you have to scope it and come from a, from a place of love and not a place of criticism or feeling that control. Yeah. Controlling this person. Obviously you see that she has a tendency to want this other part of monogamy. Maybe you can find a clear neutral point to be in and not necessarily completely one way or the other maybe she can still live out her her fantasy of not being totally monogamous or her ideals not being totally monogamous but in a way that feels to you like you're getting what you want as well but draft it in a way maybe get clear on it write it down and so when you approach it it doesn't come from this attack or control way yeah it's good to be prepared in a loving way powerpoint presentation yeah i do a powerpoint like april's done in the past (laughs) exhibit a i I have a need for this exhibit B because I, anyways, that's yeah. a nonviolent communication with the laser, with the laser pointer. Yes. Are you paying attention? And then you spank them when they're not just kidding. Oh. Only if you have consent. Um, 
I agree with April and uh, a couple of things came to mind for me. Number one is that you said that she is making me feel like I'm not enough for her. I want to correct that lovingly. She's not making you feel anything. You're feeling a thing and something that she's saying or doing is inspiring it, but she's not making you feel a certain way. You're responsible for your own feelings as am I, as, a, as, as all of us. Um, but you have a specific response based on your fears, your wounding, your worthiness stuff, which is totally valid still. And it's completely normal and common for people to feel really insecure when a partner says, I have desire for other. Uh, and the fun fact about that is, and the also not so fun fact is that every, not everyone, most people in long-term relationships, relationships will have some sort of desire for other. It doesn't necessarily mean they want to act on it, but it's completely normal for someone in a relationship to say, I'm attracted to other, I have a desire for other, but I don't necessarily need to touch them. Or maybe I do. Um, so just to help you to straighten out your language a little bit, to take ownership of it, the way that I would phrase that is more, um, she's saying that she wants to be with other people and I'm feeling insecure about that. Um, I'm feeling like I'm not enough, um, which is you taking ownership from that. So that's one piece. Another thing, um, do you trust her is my question. If you like, that's a, I think when people have insecurities about their partnership, about them talking to someone that they might be of the same gender, sex or whatever that they're attracted to, that, um, that in itself is a problem and you want to control that. But then I'm like, well, then do you trust them? Um, because if you did, why is that an issue? Right. And so the fear is that if you open up Pandora's box, that they explore this and then they discover, oh, this person, I actually want to be with them, which brings up your insecurity of not enoughness. Oh, they might discover that this person's better than you or is more aligned than you are or whatever that is, is your work to do. Um, and t- together and separately, but I'm speaking separately, your work to do about, you know, why is it that you feel that if you open up Pandora's box, that it is an issue. And I'm not advocating for non-monogamy, by the way. I'm not, not advocating for non-monogamy either. Um, I agree with April to voice your needs. And if you have a hard no, you have a hard no. You can't, a lot of people bend or lean into non-monogamy just to please their partner, not Mm -hmm. to lose the love. It often does not go well Mm -hmm. when they have a hard no. If you have a maybe to exploring this with some very clear boundaries and so don't dive all the way in if you did and just like, how about you just flirt with someone and we talk about it and see how that feels or you go on a date or you just kiss them and see how it feels or uh, we all hang out together and see how it feels. But if you have a hard no, you have a hard no. You can't do anything about that, right? Like if you're very clear on that hard no, but if your hard no is just because of insecurities and without further introspection, I would check it out first before you give the hard no and see. Um, so again, the question is, how do I approach this conversation in a way that we don't, we don't fight? Like April said, get clear. You can hire a sex or relationship coach or a therapist sex and relationship coach or therapist to understand how to communicate. You can study nonviolent communication and write it out. Um, study meaning there's free podcasts. There's, you can Google it and learn about it in 10 minutes. Um, but eventually, essentially voicing here's, here's my needs. Here's what I'm really clear on. Here's what I own as mine. Here's where I can lean and where I can't. Are you willing to work with me on that? And perhaps this, the a, a solution to present also, if you're comfortable with that, is if you are together exploring. So perhaps that is something to bring up if you're comfortable with that. Maybe she can feel into how that feels for her and then it wouldn't be as scary. But there's a lot of different things to define within this. A hundred percent. But here's the thing. She's saying, so she's telling you, I... 
I would be with women if I wasn't with you. You're the only man I want to be with, but I also have a desire to be with women. If you trusted her and you just felt, and that was, you're like, okay, I trust you. That's fully true. What do you, what do you really have to lose? But I guess the fear is still, I'm just not comfortable being with other people. Is it about the, it says, is it about anyone? Is it about the fact that it's a woman? Is it the fact that she would actually prefer to be with women? Um, and regardless of the answer, you might still get a no, which is okay. I don't want to shame your no. You can totally have a no. Um, and just to do some further inquiry to figure out what, what that's about, what's your greatest fear and what do you need and stand for your needs and, and also be open to a variation of leaning in, um, knowing that you might not get all your needs met. And maybe if you have different needs, the relationship is not for you. You're 22. So you got a lot of time to date around. And, um, also it sounds like this is a great relationship in a lot of other ways too. Good luck there. It's not easy. That journey may be a little difficult, yep. but I'm sure you'll learn some good things. Thanks for and be, thanks for being fucking 22 and seeking out support. Thank you, especially as a you sound like a penis owner. You say that you are a uh, man, so um, I appreciate that you are 22 and listening to our podcast and doing the Me research. Too. You're Kudos. an awesome man in my book already. All right, you ready for a bio? I would like my bio, please. Yes, please. All right. Dare to be unabashedly you is Monica Jane's slogan and the undeniable outcome you'll experience with her. She supports adults who have done lots of self-development but aren't getting where they want to be in themselves, their relationships, and their lives. Monica Jane knows that at the foundation of not having what you want is the fact that you've been told who and how to be in your whole life. Now it's time to resurrect your own voice and learn to listen to you. She guides you home to your own truth, authenticity, and voice so that you can speak up and be you. To learn more, visit MonicaJane.com. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-J-A-Y-N-E.com. And use Shameless Sex for 15% off her amazing workshops and programs. But first, question. Do you think I can have sex with my partner even when they're away? Yes, because I have Satisfyer's amazing pleasure products fully equipped with Bluetooth technology. With the Satisfyer Connect app, you can control each other's pleasure devices and see each other's responses in real time. The app is a great way to stay connected with your significant other, whether you're together or apart. I'm in love with Satisfyer's suctioning vibrators that feel more like a mouth than a robotic device. It's super powerful, but doesn't overstimulate me so I can have orgasm after orgasm. Add to that the Bluetooth app-based technology and you have the creme de la creme of pleasure products. Plus, Satisfyer is offering our lucky listeners 25% off and free shipping for all app-enabled devices when you go to Satisfyer.com and enter code SHAMELESS25 at checkout. Again, if you're looking for one of our favorite new devices, go to S-A-T-I-S-F-Y-E-R.com and use code SHAMELESS25 for 25% off and free shipping. Go check it out. And now it's interview time. Another return guest. You know, we have a lot of wonderful guests on here, but when we fall extra in love with them, we say, please, 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 please come back on our show. And they'll probably come back on our show many times because they have lots of things to share. Uh, This time we are back with Monica Jane. Yes, Monica Jane. Uh, Last time Monica talked about, Monica Jane, 
said it right. I said it right. Talked a lot about um, how to ask for what you want, how to know what you want or what you need and how to ask for it. And now we're going to go a little deeper into how to bring that really into sex intimacy in the bedroom. So we'll start with the same question that we start pretty much every time. Monica Jane, tell us your story. And also why is it that people getting in the sex that they want, the intimacy that they want, the relationship that they want, why is that important to you? Mm, thank you. Thank you so much for having me again. Uh, Shameless Sex Podcast is amazing, and I'm so happy to be here again. So many of my clients value this podcast a lot, so thanks for everything that you do. Uh, so why am I here? Hmm. So I grew up in a cow pasture in Wyoming, and I grew up Catholic in a Mormon area. And so what that meant for me was there were a lot of societal norms and prescriptions, cultural norms and prescriptions, religious norms and prescriptions, and then those from my family of who and how you're supposed to be. And so I grew up in what I call a robot life, doing all of the things you're supposed to do. I got really good grades because that's what you're supposed to do. I went to college after high school because you're supposed to go to college after high school. I majored in business because you're supposed to major in that and not dance, theater, and art. I got the exact, uh, I pursued the American dream and uh, climbed the corporate ladder to a six figure executive level job in aerospace and defense up against 14 other males in the company. I was the only female. So on top of my chase for everything you're supposed to be, I had to put myself in those adverse conditions. And I was in my home one day and looked around and said, I have these matching throw pillows with curtains. I have the partner. I have the, I bought the three bedroom home with a den with a three car garage. I have the zero escaped yard and the brand new car, all these things you're supposed to have according to society, culture, family, maybe even religion, to be happy. And I said, why am I so unhappy? Why am I unfulfilled in my sex life? Why am I unfulfilled in my career? Why am I unfulfilled with who I am and how I'm showing up in the world? And that set me off on a journey of figuring that out. So the reason why it's so important for me, for people to know um, why they're not getting what they want in sex intimacy and relationships is because I have discovered that for myself. And now that I know life is worth living. So I'm sick and tired of people walking around in a robot life, living a life that's not worth living, not being happy because I believe when we're unhappy, we are unsafe humans. We are uh, passive aggressive. We are judgmental. And all that rudeness disappears when you're happy. So I'm here because I want everybody to be happy. Yeah, that is a mic drop situation. That's the end of our podcast. (laughs) It's over. No, but we need to know how, how. That's so what's what what came up for me, which is interesting, is a lot of people live that life. A lot of especially in Western culture, we live and are taught these 
traditional norms, if you will. And I found throughout asking people, and, and maybe you have too, Monica Jane, that asking them to identify what they want is sometimes more difficult than talking about what you don't want, right? And mm-hmm. I'm assuming this obviously translates into not only career or partner, but sex, intimacy, relationships. So maybe we can dive deeper into this. Why aren't people getting what they want in sex, intimacy, and relationships? Why? Mm-hmm. let me tell you um so it goes back to i'm going to give you some frameworks as we're talking today so it goes back to society culture religion and family and that's s-c-r-f in other words i call it scarf Mm -hmm. it's the scarf that tries to strangle the life out of you what society culture religion and family tell you you should be what you should want, what you should desire, how you should do life, how you should walk, how you should find your career, how you should choose a family, how you should have sex, how you should not have sex, not, not, not in a lot of those realms. So people aren't getting what they want in life in general, but we're focusing on sex, intimacy, and relationships today is because that scarf is around their neck And it's all the prescriptions, I call them prescriptions, that they were given and they're still subscribing to it. And they're unaware and unconscious that this scarf is literally strangling the life out of their energy, their emotions, their fulfillment, their wants, needs, and desires. Their hearts are shrinking because of scarf. So that is why people aren't getting what they want. So I I would love to talk about like some examples um, in those categories, society culture, religion, family, S-C-R-F. Yeah, we'd love to hear more about that. Awesome. So for instance, let's be interactive here. Mm -hmm. For the two of you, what are some beliefs that you were prescribed by society or culture growing up and even as an adult? About sex? About sex, intimacy, relationships. Mm -hmm. Let's see. No one will ever love me because I have an STD. Mm -hmm. Ooh, wow. Lots of people are carrying that one. You got the you got the marriage one too, right? You're, would you get that you're supposed to wait to marriage uh, from society or no? No, not marriage because no. I was always like, I'm not getting married. I got the uh, something's wrong with me because I don't have children and I'm a woman. Why don't I want to reproduce? Mm-hmm. I got the why are you so focused on your career and not more into family? You want me to go on and on, Amy? I can fill yours for you. Um, that's like. great. Yeah, maybe fill mine. I'm fine. Because I didn't get the I didn't get like the marriage the marriage one, but I think people are still when I'm saying I'm someone who probably doesn't want kids. They're like, what? You're a woman. How is this? How is this even possible? Um, no, with that's like, sex, what's wrong with you? That's yeah, like, what's wrong? Yeah, well, yeah what's, you're, like, you're so. There must be wrong. something wrong with you. That you have that right there. Yeah. Why aren't people getting what they want? Because yeah. what they want, they were told there's something wrong with them for wanting that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And with, these- with sex too, especially with sex, was was something that there. I think I didn't. I can say I don't feel like I directly had someone say women shouldn't have orgasms and their pleasure should come second. But indirectly, I feel like I got a lot of those messages from experiences or the media that I'd see or et cetera. I think it was imprinted in me mm-hmm. that my pleasure came second. Totally. And so society, I, I separate those out, society and culture, because uh, society is all the media, the people you talk to, your friends, your teachers in school, your coworkers at work, 
And culture could be, it could be what we normally uh, pose as cultural, like uh, maybe it's the country you come from or uh, some sort of cultural background, but it's also these subcultures like, um, I don't know, I'm thinking of growing up like uh, the, the stoners and then the cheerleaders and the jocks and each of those cultures programs you with with the prescriptions as you're growing up so some examples around sex and intimacy from society and culture are if you're female don't have sex and don't have sex with a lot of people because if you do with one or more you're a slut you're a whore because you're doing it out of wedlock you're not in a relationship you um men can do that though because they're, they can't be sluts or whores. Like that's the word for only women. So there's all of these demented uh, prescriptions about sex, intimacy, and relationship coming from society and culture. And the big one for, they're all big, but one of the biggest ones for me is religion because I grew up Catholic in a Mormon area. So I had both of those religion, religious uh, prescriptions coming on to me. And I also had like the cultural, uh, the cultural prescriptions of being in a tiny town. Don't, don't do, don't do anything you don't want to be caught doing, or you don't want anyone to know about because everyone will know tomorrow. Mm. So be perfect. Be, don't get in an argument in your relationship out in public. Don't show public displays of affection. All of these sorts of things. So I'm wondering if uh, the two of you can think of from religion and from family. What beliefs, what pers- what beliefs were you prescribed around sex, intimacy, and relationships? And these can also be emotional behaviors. So their beliefs and emotional behaviors. So I learned by watching my parents that my dad gets to flip out and mom just listens and she never gets to flip out. And that's how relationships work. Whoever's the emotionally loudest wins. So I'm curious for the two of you, what kind of emotional behavior prescriptions or belief prescriptions did you receive from religion or from family? I wasn't raised with religion. I mean, I I have, I have, I have, I'm pretty fortunate in that department and I will, not that I wasn't raised with religion because I see some value in it for sure. And I wasn't raised with the messages that were potentially limiting to who I could be. And I will say, I still feel like I'm a product of some indirect messages that religion has influenced, even though it wasn't in my family, even though, you know, I essentially grew up agnostic slash atheist and, um, but family, and then also I had it easy with family too, because I grew up in a more progressive household slash also not because my dad is a little bit of an angry Republican, but he didn't care about sex. He was like, you can do whatever you want with, you know, he didn't even have to say that he'd walk into my room and I'd have, you know, I'll be only 16 and I had my boyfriend in the room and he didn't care, but that's a problem. It was like, you know, I'm not worthy of a man caring for and So that was its own thing. And then my mom was much more open-minded about that, that part. So Mine is a little different than most people, but I know that I'm indirectly affected by all of the families and all of the culture and all of the, you know, all of society and all of the religion as well, even if it wasn't in my household. Mm -hmm. You bring up a good point about religion. Religion, especially in the United States, the Puritan culture, uh, the Puritan culture of the religion, 
affects all of us. It's why sex work isn't legal in the United States. One of the reasons, but it's legal in Australia, the entire country. And they're not, they're not all dying and going to hell and, you know, having an awful life, but we have that here. So regardless of a person's actual, like, did you go to church or not upbringing, you are around lots of people who were, and you're in a country heavily influenced by religious undercurrents for the culture. Did you want to add anything else from religion or family that affected you with your behavior patterns or your beliefs? I would say religiously, not as much. We, because my mom was very disappointed back then, like with blaming religion on the reason she had a a failed marriage and then um, another failed marriage. So she was like, I'm never going to church, like kind of fuck religion kind of thing, which I was, I was like, cool. I don't have to go to things on Sunday anymore. And so I was also too young to have it affect me back then. It wasn't, uh, I I think we were, I was maybe seven when I, six, maybe when I stopped going to church, I do remember that the fear though being imprinted on me of sinning and the sins that always carried over, right? So sex outside of partnership or then marriage, which I didn't really understand and didn't necessarily affect my decisions. I would say that family though affected a lot of how I uh, acted in relationships because it was like sex was a very sacred thing and it came back to the slut piece and not wanting to be pregnant or and or deemed a slut in a, in a town of, I had a town of 1,600 people that I grew up in. So my high school graduating class was 110 people. So everybody knew the sluts and I'm using air quotes because fuck that, good for them, they were awesome. And I was always trying to fit into the, the norm of my tiny little community to not stand out too much, don't be too much. And you wanna be just, you know, just right. Like, like what is it, hands on Greta? Who is that? The, the porridge eater. I wanna just <laughs> right. You know, that's little, little Goldilocks? Goldilocks. Goldilocks. Yeah. I was a little mm-hmm. Miss Muppet, but Goldilocks. So, <laughs> Yeah. My family, though, was my mom was like, just don't get pregnant and mm-hmm. was never going to bail me out of, of anything. And then I had my stepfather who would just say like pretty vile things about me in general about like smelling like sex when I came home, even Ooh. though I was still a virgin. I was like, mm-hmm. 15. so fucking weird for and the stepdad. So, so fucking yeah. so no, there, there were things that so I, I knew I was like using my my virginity. I was using my virginity as this crutch for me to have this label that I was not perfect because no one's perfect. But back then it was like, well, I'm still a virgin. Although I had like 12 guys eat me out. Right. Well, mm-hmm. back then it made sense to me. Now I look back and I'm like, damn it, April, you could have, you could have done so many things if you didn't well, have even these- the idea of virginity. Hello, religion. How yeah. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, April, thank you so much for sharing all of that. It, it did bring up uh, a lot of uh, a lot of aspects of diving deep into all of this, and so did your share, Amy, where uh, there are some prescriptions that are that have been helpful and useful to us, like your parents not making a big deal about sex. 
But then you had the prescription that it's, you're not worthy of like a man caring about you and your body and, you know, stewarding uh, safety and uh, reverence and sacredness around your sexuality. And so when we look into these uh, through a system that I founded, I call it authentic evolution. And it's because going through these steps of excavating all of the prescriptions that you were given from SCARF, Society, Culture, Religion, Family, you begin to notice the tapestry that makes up your identity or has been a part of your identity in the past, and maybe it's still hanging on to you a little bit. And then what you get to do is look at the ones that serve you still to this day and the ones that that don't. And as a full-fledged fucking adult, you get to choose, but until you're aware of these lengthy lists, you just live that robot default life stuck in the emotional patterns and the behavioral patterns that you learn from SCARF. The one, yeah, the, so and I, as we were talking about that too, I was thinking again, I identify as someone with daddy issues. So when I was talking about family, like how did I just not have like 8 million things to share? Because they do show up in sex and relationships. Um, more, I think it's so interesting because you're saying some of them serve us, right? So some of my daddy issues actually show up in a way where I can use it for, um, like an erotic outlet kind of thing where I like to play into some like dominance and submission. And it's not like it has anything to do with my dad. And yet there's this, it's definitely, um, comes for, I think from that route. And then, then there's the parts that really don't serve me. Um, so I just want to out that, Hey everyone, I have a lot, of, I do have a lot of stuff from all these things. Um, <laughs> but I am so curious. Okay, so how can people get what they want in sex, intimacy and relationships? So we understand now a little more that you're know, where some of these potentially come from. I'm sure some listeners are coming up with their own stories. Wow. Here's what I have from society, culture, et cetera. But how can they actually give what they want in sex, intimacy and relationships? Yeah. So really what we've been talking about starts with the question, what beliefs or emotional behaviors were you prescribed by society, culture, religion, family about and pick the topic so you could just tackle sex, you could just tackle intimacy, you could just tackle relationships, or you could do them all at once. And you create awareness of everything that you're subscribing to um, by well, actually that first step is just recognizing the prescriptions. Like what were you taught? And maybe you're not subscribing to them. Uh, and one of the things about this process is people say, I feel like I'm coming home to myself. I can't believe I've never done this for myself before. I can't believe I didn't realize how many things that I was choosing by default. And now I actually have a choice. I actually can live. It is, it's like a, a breath of vitality into their souls because their souls are being seen, seeing themselves in the mirror of scarf and all the shit that they've been carrying out. And so there's seven steps to this process. So basically it starts with awareness of all the things that you're being that you are not, that are not authentic to you. So authentic evolution is a process, a framework that I created to help people through this. And I called it authentic evolution as a play on, uh, <laughs> this is funny. I can't think of his name. Who's the evolution guy? Darwin. Uh, Darwin, yeah. As a play on Darwin's evolution and survival of the fittest, that's how we've lived. 
And I call it survival of the fitting in ist. And instead of surviving by being the most fitting in human, how about you start surviving from your authenticity? And I believe today's society and culture is a lot more open and accepting than past cultures. And there are people who exercise uh, like ancestral healing and things like this to really heal big wounds from, from these prescriptions that have been passed down for generations and generations. And so there are seven steps to the process that I believe gets people to the space of knowing what they want, because the number one reason why people don't have what they want anywhere in life is because they think that they want something, but they actually don't. It's not quite right. And they're making those decisions of what they want based off of the frame of mind that all of these prescriptions that aren't their authenticity, they aren't their truth. And then they decide from, from that space, like I can't have sex with more than five people. Otherwise I'll, I'll be a total whore. Like five's my, my limit. (laughs) I have to marry this person because they give me everything that my mom told me that she wanted for me in my marriage and in my life, but I don't actually love them, but they're, they're like perfect on paper. These are the huge fucking decisions that people are making and living out. And that's, again, I just want everybody to be happy and I want people to feel and be safe and living this way with that scarf around your neck, suffocating your authenticity is not creating a safer space in this world. So how we get there is acknowledging. Okay, time for a quick break. This podcast was made possible by Uberloop. It's a luxurious silicone lubricant that enhances sex and intimacy. We receive emails from listeners who have tried Uberloop and the feedback is unanimous. We never knew lube could be this good. It's also less likely to throw off the pH than most other lubes, and there are thousands of doctors recommending Uberlube to their patients, whether they want to make their hot sex even hotter or for folks experiencing dryness. Uberlube is without a doubt my favorite lube. It has no flavor, no scent, and feels absolutely amazing on my body. And it isn't just for sex. I use it to tame my hair frizzies, to prevent chafing, and I even put some in my mouth before an oral sex session. Totally ups my blowjob game. Oh, and the bottle, it's beautiful. It looks like a cosmetic product. So I just leave it out on my nightstand totally shamelessly. To learn why we think it's the best lube on the planet, check out uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off plus free shipping. Again, that's uberlube.com and use code SHAMELESSSEX for 10% off and free shipping. This podcast was also made possible by Manscaped. Looking for the ultimate stocking stuffers for this year's holiday season? Look no further because our sponsor, Manscaped, has the tools to make you win this year's white elephant competition. What's better than stuffing your favorite penis owner's stocking with the best ball deodorant, ball toner, and ball wipes out there? Their testes will testify and stank no more, and their family jewels will feel like a little slice of heaven. Plus, Manscaped just released their products across Europe, Canada, and Australia. So no matter where you are on the globe, you can have the freshest balls in town. Manscaped doesn't just stop with your balls either. They've got the best ball trimmer for your butt, balls, and body. 
The Lawnmower 3.0 electric trimmer and the best ever nose and ear hair trimmer, the Weed Whacker. And right now, you can give your partner, dad, brother, or yourself the only gift that keeps on giving from head to toe because Manscaped is giving our listeners 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code SHAMELESS. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com with code SHAMELESS. Come on, be the ballsiest gift giver this year with Manscaped. And now, back to the show. Okay, so that's the first piece to the seven steps is acknowledgement, which is always important with anything even a 12-step program, right? It's like admit. Acceptance. Yes. Yeah, acceptance, have a yeah. problem. Yeah. Well, and then before that's also just awareness Aw- too. Awareness right. and then acknowledge. So okay, this my, is true. My question though, just inside of that, and I want to get back to the, to the seven steps, is so without the awareness and obviously the self-awareness of the past paradigms, right? The maps that have been laid out for you. Is that why you think or you believe people get stuck in systematic similar relationships where they tend to attract the the same partners over and over again and maybe not the same sex but a lot of times in relationships I know I hear so many times I always attract the wrong guy or I always end up with these detached women or so I I just wanted to know your opinion in that because these seven steps obviously identifying this would help but I'm just wondering if that can also help shift Mm -hmm. who you attract Yeah, actually, I love that you're asking this question because I actually haven't strung that together until you asked it, It, you know, connected those dots and stated this process will help you not attract the same relationships and have the same shitty sex partner after partner. Uh, But I can start saying that because you're exactly right. Like epiphany, boom, look, we're uh, evolving authentically right here and now. Uh, there are many reasons why people fall into the same relationship patterns over and over. One is Imago theory, where you are playing out your, your parents or your caregivers scenarios over and over again, because if you can fix it in your life, it redeems that you couldn't fix it when you were a child. Mm. There's attachment theory. There's adult children of alcoholics or addicts, which I am. And this is this is huge. If if anyone grew up in a dysfunctional family, I really want you to get a book that was written, I think in the 70s or maybe early 80s. It's called Adult Children of Dysfunctional Families. And that showed all of the patterns and reasons why I was continuously creating havoc and unsafe relationships with, you know, passive aggressive behaviors or overtly aggressive behaviors and all of these things. Um, So there's a lot of reasons why people repeat. And if you go to the foundation of why you make decisions the way you make them, which is all the things you believe, and you look at these beliefs that you've taken on and behaviors that you've taken on that are not yours. So one of the steps is, is recognizing if I had a blank slate and never was subject to any of this programming, would I have authentically come to the decision to be racist, to be afraid of intimacy, to to stay on this topic, to be afraid of intimacy, to think that people are are whores or sluts if they have sex with lots of people, to think that relationships are just going to fail, so what's the point? Would I have come to any of those prescriptions that I have on my piece of paper right now myself authentically 
And when people do that, they realize, oh my God, like I'm getting chills on it. I, this When I do this live in Zoom, uh, Zoom workshops, just the chat is just like, <laughs> like I'm finding myself. Oh my God, I can't believe this. I feel free. Holy crap. I feel vitality. Oh my God. I've had pain in my low back for five years and it just disappeared. Mm-hmm. It's just like, whoa. So back to like summarizing, I like to really make sure I answer your question. Uh, (laughs) We repeat repeat for a lot of reasons. And along the theme of authentic evolution, it's because you haven't chosen a new belief or behavior pattern. Mm. And that's what authentic evolution empowers you to do. I've, I, uh, I've talked to some mothers recently who are really afraid of, they're aware of their trauma from their childhood and they're afraid of passing on to their kids. And in, from a psychological perspective, I believe these science or studies show that just that awareness lowers mm-hmm. your chance of passing it on to your children. Just knowing what your trauma is, knowing the things that taught you X, Y, and Z, that's not helping you, that hurt you. Uh, and a lot of folks don't even get that, that step. You know, they, don't, well, they don't do that inquiry. Talk about intimacy. Intimacy is feeling, the first and foremost, you should be intimate with yourself. I hate the word should. I try not to use it. First and foremost, <laughs> life will be amazing if you're intimate with yourself. Uh, so <laughs> it gets a little hairy, my should rules, um, when I really do believe you should. Yeah. Be intimate, intimate first and foremost with yourself. And what, that, what intimacy is, is allowing yourself to see into yourself and see your feelings and emotions. And I believe the example you just gave with these mothers is they're, they're acknowledging their feelings and emotions around what occurred in their childhood that they don't want to pass on. And through that deep self-intimacy, they're then able to discharge or dissolve the emotional charge around it and resource their entire nervous system and make better choices. And that's what authentic evolution, authentic evolution does for you as well. And then not to confuse everybody, but I practice another uh, modality that I did not um, create called accelerated evolution. And accelerated evolution is a set of processes that help you dissolve the emotional charge so that you can come from a resourced space. You're not in fight, flight, fawn, freeze. You're coming from groundedness and you can bring up the fight if that's what's really needed, but from a resource place or bring up the flight if that's what's needed from a resourced space. So that was like 14 things um, after the one thing you said. Uh, <laughs> I think I'm full well, of it. Yeah. They're all, well, all really, and then just thinking about sex, there were sex and relationships and, and how so many people feel that they're bodies controlling them and they are not controlling their bodies and their responses, whether it's where I'm talking to my partner and all of a sudden I'm triggered and I feel like someone else is almost talking because mm-hmm. I'm just so fucking heated because you've left your body. You know, the adults have left the room or the adult, but in sex, you know, the people who feel that they all of a sudden don't have the words, they want to shrink, they want to run, they want to hide. They, they do, but deep down, they want the connection. They want the intimacy. They want the great mm-hmm. sex. They want to be able to say all the things, but it's mm-hmm. so hard and challenging because of what you're talking about, 
the conditioning. And so I, I, I'm sure a lot of people that are listening can totally resonate with that, whether it's relationships, sex, intimacy, mm-hmm. that it will, it's landing for, for them. It's landing for me. When you said they leave their bodies and the adults aren't in the room anymore, that's what I'm talking about with these unconscious beliefs that we excavate through authentic evolution. Those unconscious beliefs and behavioral patterns were programmed in you. And so the eight-year-old you starts driving the bus in those instances and the adult you disappears. And so this this type of uh, process of authentic evolution allows you to regain your faculties and be the boss of your own life instead of be a victim to your emotional pardon me, but like unintelligence, your nervous system, unintelligence, non-intelligence, I think would maybe be a better word. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot here. And I just am so grateful that through my 20 years of work on myself, oh, this is exciting. Episode 162, the one that I was on with you two before, you asked me at the end of the episode, So how do you help people know what they want? And I said, and I made the list. And then I said, oh my God, that's a framework. I'm going to make this into a framework and give it to, you know, deliver it to the world. And that's what authentic evolution is. It was birthed out of our our episode and 20 years of my own trying to fucking find my truth and authenticity. And I couldn't because you know what? I was going into the workshops. I was going into the classes. I was going into the BDSM conferences and the intimacy elevator, you know, workshop or whatever with those same fucking programmings, those same prescriptions. And I was subscribing to those beliefs, those behavior patterns, those emotional patterns habituated with no pattern interrupt, no recovery whatsoever. And I believe that's why people spend years and years and years and years in self-development and they know there's something more, but they don't get there. It's because scarf is incapacitating you. And that's what it did for me for, I don't know, the first 15 years of those 20 years of diligent self-development. And really in the last five to eight years, have I actually come out of all of this because I started recognizing that's not me. That's not me either. Oh, that isn't me either. What would be my choice if it were my choice and not a conditioned choice? So when you're working with folks on getting what they want, specifically in terms of sex and intimacy and relationships, you have this seven, it's, it's framed in seven ways and seven steps, seven mm-hmm. steps. Mm-hmm. So can you also talk a little bit about, I, I think more like dive a little deeper because that's, that's one thing to show people the steps, right? There's also applying all of the knowledge. And I know that you do a lot of coaching and you're, you're an expert and you've obviously have 20 years of amazing experience and you're constantly doing your own work too, which is always beautiful to hear and see. But I would love for you to just tell our listeners how you can help them get what they want. Mm, Beautiful. Thank you so much for saying all of that. Because like I said, I was going from book to workshop to mentor to guru to this to that and not really realizing much change until about 12 years into my journey. And so authentic evolution is an internal reckoning. It's an internal revolution like nothing 
else that I've seen in seven compact steps. So what's amazing about it is you are doing it for you the entire time. You do each step. It comes from your heart, your soul, your life, your cells, your nervous system, your emotionality. And then you basically, I'm, I'm giving you prompts and you, you walk yourself through each of these steps with great reverence for the significance of this fucking reckoning that you are doing to excavate your authenticity that has been told it's bad, it's wrong, it's not okay, uh, people won't like you, you'll be rejected if all of those things suddenly have space because you're taking your robot machinery off of your body and saying, no, thank you. No, thank you. This doesn't serve me. Oh, the one, the one that I always, the example I always use, eat dinner with your family around the table every night. That's a prescription that I got from my family that I love. Mm -hmm. That feeds my soul. So I want to hold on to that one. But the one about when you're around the table eating that dinner, dad's allowed to freak the fuck out, pick up his plate, dinner plate, slam it against the wall and disappear for three days. And you don't know if he's going to come back. That is a prescription that I do not want to be subscribing to as okay with the people who are in my family. So how I help people, there's a bunch of ways. Um, focusing on accelerated evolution uh, just there. Uh, if people want a taste of a taste of it, they can go to the, my website, monicajanejayne.com. There's a Y in Jane. Uh, and the freebie on the website is look back to move forward. Everybody always tells us, be here now, be present. And we try and try and try. And I was trying for those first 12 to 15 years so hard. I even got my yoga certification, racked up 5,000 hours of teaching and continuing education experience with like the top masters at Santa Barbara Yoga Center with Sarah Powers and Eric Schiffman and Judith Hanson Lasseter. And teaching at accredited collegiate institutions, yoga theory and philosophy, because I was trying so hard to be here now. Mm -hmm. Well, what if (laughs) trying so hard, I I tried so hard to be, (laughs) that's what we're doing. So many of us. And what if a methodical look back is all you need to actually authentically be here now and move forward? So the freebie on the website is look back to move forward. It's the first step of authentic evolution. Uh, But if you want to just dive right into authentic evolution, it's a video module course and it's on the site. Uh, And then the next step that I'm really excited to tell you about, I don't think I told you yet in our emails, is I'm starting a membership. Because like I said, I want, it's my most innocent desire. I want everybody to be happy and I want everyone to feel safe in the world. And so I'm creating a space, a membership for people to do that. And it's called They Didn't Teach Me That Playhouse. And it's a space for adults to learn everything they were never taught, get rid of all the crap they were taught that's not serving them, and ask all the questions they were too afraid to ask. Talk about conditioning. Don't talk about that. Don't ask about that. You shouldn't be thinking about that. You should know that already. You're such and such years old. So I didn't, I was debating on the name of that because I was like academy, university, club. And I was like, 
the whole point of they didn't teach me that is schools don't give us this information. And then the, the name Playhouse came and I just thought, yes, this is a space for adulting in joy, wonder, and curiosity for who we truly are, as well as reverence to hold the dark, scary parts of us. So that was my only thing on a side note, like with marketing is they didn't teach me that playhouse. I want people to know, like, I am a crone to the max. I can hold the shadows. I can hold the darkness. I can hold the shit. Uh, on, on my website, there's a list of all of the things I've recovered from. And it's like a hundred things long. Um, and I was like, Ugh, no wonder I can hold whatever people bring. Mm-hmm. Um, so so those are, those are three ways that are um, like do it, do it yourself or group. Mm-hmm. And then of course I do uh, high level six to 12 month commitment, one-on-one coaching. And that's for you. If you are ready to move forward in a very strong, in-depth, you're not fucking around anymore kind of a way. And there is an interview process for that. Uh, to make sure that we're both on the same page uh, because it's a six to 12 month commitment and um, super awesome. And I hope some people choose that, choose well, to choose to pursue that. Well, at least go check out the the free content to that. I mean, why not? It's a free gift. So go check it out. And I'm sure a lot of people are learning things. And by the way, when you said the playhouse, I kept envisioning like a jump house, but with a whole bunch of like really awesome, free, liberated, naked adults having a great <laughs> time, but feeling kind of sexy, but also abiding by consent, really respecting each other. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was with great moment. communication, yes, great communication, mm-hmm. yeah. emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And all just the free, things. freedom, freedom in the birthday suits. Like if, if anyone <laughs> out there want, I, I mean, people all the time are, are looking for mentorship or someone to guide them in this mess that we call life a lot of times and the conditioning and the religious values and all of these things do stack up. Even though some folks may not want to take a look at it, it's imperative if you do want to shift things in your life Mm -hmm. to ask for help. And sometimes maybe therapy isn't your game or your model. You are looking for mentorship or coaching. And so this is where Monica Jane comes Mm -hmm. in and it sounds like you can really, uh, utilize lots of the tools that you have available in lots of different ways and work on the thing slowly or quickly, however that adds up for, for the individual. So that's mm-hmm. really cool. And you have a nice balance of personal experience and the trainings. And I don't want to say, I think we shared this after the podcast last time. Um, I was like, I was so blown away by you as as someone who also coaches people, but was like, you know, I think I want to send a lot of clients your way because I think that you could do it. (laughs) Like you can be in, because there is truth what April's saying, you know, that the six months to the, to the year to really make the progress and the breakthroughs, but also even beyond that, I love that you have this relatableness to you. There's a safety in the way that you show up. There's life skills and knowledge. There's, I feel this like softness, gentleness, and acceptance with a, with a, with a push too. And uh, I just want to encourage people that are listening or just maybe let them know that, um, that Monica Jane has shameless sex's endorsement, at least Amy Baldwin's <laughs> for, for your, for your coaching needs. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. I call it a balance of grace and ferocity. Mm. You, you must have both and always, uh, leaning toward curiosity, wonder and delight over seriousness. 
and you know that seriousness is cultural American, especially American cultural programming, USA cultural programming. We must be very serious. And so uh, I I try to balance all of the things. And w- along the theme of the erotic blueprints, which is part of the framework that I use and episode 126 has a lot of information on that. Um, I'm a shapeshifter. So I am like extremely dynamic and can can meet you in the fun and silliness and jumping around naked and just giggling with glee in the fun house. And then I can meet you in the corner where you're bawling your eyes out and feel like your soul is exercising itself, you know, like things are exercising themselves off the soul. So thank you for recognizing that uh, in me. I really do appreciate the words of affirmation and the love that you're sending my way right now. Oh, Monica Jane, everyone. Monica, thank Monica Jane. Remember, it's not just Monica, it's Monica Jane. And remember, with a Y. With a Y. So go check out Monica, J A Y N E dot com to see all of her offerings. Slash more. Slash more. But you can probably just type Monica Jane dot com and I'll. I think so. So I just, I just love, um, (laughs) I I love, I love uh, like freebies and um, the excitement of discovering a treasure chest. So I did make monicajane.com slash more as this treasure trove of like all of my podcast episodes, uh, blogs, resources that I love and things like this. So monicajane.com slash more is a great spot as well. And speaking of which, uh, shameless sex is putting authentic evolution on the 15% off list on your page. I just realized. So if, if, if listeners want, you know, 15% off, go to, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, use the, the code shameless sex, all one word. Oh, there you go. That'll be in the podcast description in the notes, everyone. Mm -hmm. You don't have to write it down. So yeah, well, that's awesome. And saving money is always key. I know I need that right now. Mm. saving money with a big investment in yourself that yeah. will pay off invest big in time yourself. in You're, the future no one's really going on vacation anytime soon you can't go anywhere so why not invest in yourself oh. everybody yeah and even there, if when you can go on vacation you should still invest in yourself <laughs> there's one more thing that came up as we were talking which is neither of you feel like you had huge religious uh in like huge religious influences, like maybe somebody who did go to church. And that is one of the remarks that I got from the over 2000 people who came to me after being on episode 162 with you was your story about religion was so helpful. So for those of you suffering from shame, repression, guilt, and bullshit from your religious upbringing, listen to episode 162 and hear my story about my mom on her deathbed and my oh, yeah. first and only ever sex talk. Yeah, yes, I totally it was that. really powerful. That was a great episode. I remember I was like, wow. So yeah, y'all, this is awesome. Uh, that you have access to Monica Jane and what she does. So go check it out, Monica Jane. Thank you, my darling, for for hanging out with us. Another episode was just amazing with you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. So much gratitude for all the work that you're doing. She'll be back in about six months. Yeah, (laughs) she'll be back, everyone. And to all of our listeners out there, thank you for being part of the Shameless Sex Revolution. Remember that Amy and I, although... We love sex. We also love wine. 
Yeah, we really and we love, love you. Both. And we want to put those together by offering you sex and wine. Sex and wine. <laughs> All of us go to marginswine.com and see why Amy and I are huge fans of this boutique small batch. Locally, Santa Cruz made wine, shipping almost to every state. You also can get some discounts if you go on our website and check out the coupon codes. Buy three bottles, save 15. Buy six bottles, save 20%. Nope. <laughs> I'm always wrong on it. What is it? I believe I believe it's ten on three and fifteen on on, on six. But I, I'm sorry, I could be wrong. Whatever. You spend twelve. You get twelve bottles. Amy will show you her booth. Yeah, Just kidding. Yeah, but we're particularly into the what is it? The Sangiovese. The Sangiovese is what we're drinking. I'm right really now. into the Sangiovese. Really yummy. So yeah. go check it out, marginswine.com, y'all. And <laughs> if you haven't done so, we love, love, love your iTunes reviews. Fives are preferred five stars that is why not because we get anything out of it other than your love and reading those but because it helps more people find monica jane find also empowerment sexual liberation finding themselves whether they are already in love with themselves or need help getting there so go ahead even if you just say one word like awesome we love you for that so thank you y'all for being part of the shameless sex revolution we'll see you next tuesday ciao for now want to learn more go to shamelesssex.com and for 15 percent off of some of our favorite sex toys use code shamelesssex at purepleasureshop.com